Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Inverted Wanderer podcast episode number one. Thank you for joining me today. I'd like to just take this first episode and kind of tell everybody why I am the Inverted Wanderer, how I came up with that name, and a little bit about myself and why I'm here with you guys now. So to start off, I, I'm, I'm a very inverted person, naturally. I always have been my entire life, painfully shy, uh, just kind of always kept to myself. Anybody that was in my circle, um, I was very open with them, and they'll uh, kind of vouch for that. Anybody that was outside of that circle, it was usually tough for them to, uh, I guess, kind of get in or get me to open up. But once I get you in my circle and I'm comfortable around you, um, I, I tend to get extremely uh, kind of gabby. So to kind of talk about why I'm here, I'm here to share my story and tell everybody why uh, I do what I do, things that I've learned along my way, uh, talk about my my travels and my adventures, as well as talk about the hotel industry and hospitality industry as a whole uh, to help those of you that are in there. Uh, to kind of give you some guidance, let you know that what you're going through is kind of normal because it is a very crazy industry to be in, uh, as well as to kind of share tips and tricks with those of you out there that may not be in the industry, uh, but may like to travel, may want to know more about it, uh, may have any questions or, or shit, tell me your experiences. I'll help you out with that, walk you through what you may need to know, um, and, and give you advice on, on what to do moving forward. So I guess we'll start at the beginning. Uh, outside of being very introverted, I, I never really planned to get into this industry, uh, so to speak. I went to college uh, to be a business administration major uh, and was uh, did that for a few years. I, I actually spent 10 years in college uh, um, through three different schools. I played uh, college baseball for a little bit at a really small school, uh, moved back home, went to the community college there to get my grades back up and then transferred to a four-year university uh, and, again, was doing uh, business administration. Uh, during that time, I got a job with a trucking company and, and loved what I was doing. It was fun. I loved the guys that I was around um, and, and just had a good time and was making pretty significant money uh, for it to be a college job. So one day they offered me the opportunity to, to possibly move into management, but that meant I was going to have to quit school. So I was on Easter break. I was having lunch with my mom and my dad and my cousin, uh, who went to the same university I did, she was majoring in hospitality management uh, with a concentration in event management. And so we're eating, and I kind of brought up to them and said, hey, guys, like, I think I'm going to drop out. I think I'm going to finish this semester and then hit pause for school and just go work and take this opportunity. And, and uh, my dad was all about making the money. My mom was about me finishing my education. And then my cousin chimed in and said, Hey, like you're, you're always out and about and, and you know, you know, the bartenders around town and the bouncers at the clubs, like those are the people that are in this major and, and you get along really well with them. You like them. Why don't you switch to hospitality management? And then my parents chimed in and, and they said, there's no way in hell that our son is ever going to do a job where he has to talk to people that he does not know for a living. And to be honest, it, it, it kind of really pissed me off. So just to spite them and to kind of give a big middle finger, just said, all right, that Monday I go back to, to college, uh, go back to school and I switch my major to hospitality management for the next semester um, and got into it, loved it, uh, actually thrived. I felt motivated and engaged when I went to class. Like it was life changing and, and one of the better decisions I've ever made in my life. And I'm glad that I did it. Um, so, you know, the rest they say is history. 
So I move on and, and I graduate. And at that time, I was working a couple jobs. Um, so I was working still at the trucking company that I was working for. Uh, and then I got a practicum at a little Hilton Garden Inn in Greensboro, North Carolina. And then when I had to do my internship, I had to leave that hotel and go work at a different hotel. So I did my internship at a Hampton Inn in High Point, North Carolina. Um, so I, I, I took everything in. I learned what I needed to learn. Luckily, I, they were both um, the same company, right? They're both within Hilton. So I didn't have to learn new systems or anything like that. I just kind of rolled with it and, and took in everything I could. I officially graduated, and for about a year, I worked just those three jobs, basically working all the time and saving as much money uh, as I could, although I wasn't that great at that because I was having a great time, right? I had money in my pocket. With little free time, I would go out and, and have fun with my friends. So it got to the point that I I, I kind of thought to myself, like, there, there's nothing really here in this area for me. I don't want to be at a Hampton Inn. I don't I don't want to be at a, at a Hilton Garden Inn. I don't want to be at... A, you know, Holiday Inn Express. I just, I just felt like there was something bigger out there, and that I needed to leave that area to, to maybe reach my full potential. Um, so I applied for a few jobs. I knew that Minneapolis-St. Paul area was a place that I, I definitely wanted to go. I loved the area. I went twice a year to visit uh, my cousin, and uh, so I applied for jobs there, and I applied for a job in Vegas. And, and luckily for me, I, I heard back from both, and so I had to make a decision and. I decided to go and and pursue the Minneapolis opportunity. So I, I returned the phone call. I went through phone interviews. I had um, uh, my apartment had been broken into, so I had an insurance check uh, that was kind of burning a hole in my pocket. So I took that money and bought a plane ticket last minute to fly up to Minneapolis to actually meet these guys in person. And probably the best money I've ever spent. Um, it it really kind of. It, it made such an impression on them that I was willing to fly myself up there for a basic hourly front desk associate job that they took me probably more seriously than they, they normally would have taken somebody for this position. So um, to kind of tell you a little bit about how that went, um, I booked up a hotel employee rate at that hotel because it was the same company um, and uh, flew myself up there. And so I go to check in and um, it's late at night. I took a took a last minute flight, and um, I go to check in, and there there's this guy there working. He's checking me in. He's kind of going through the thing, and he goes, "Oh, I'm I'm supposed to meet somebody tomorrow for a job interview of the same name," and I'm like, "No, that that's me. That's I'm the guy." And so uh, we he introduced himself, and and we kind of chatted a little bit, and. Um, he gave me a couple drink coupons and an appetizer coupon and said, you know, go, hey, relax, enjoy yourself. And so, of course, I did. I went to the bar, got a nice little buzz on, uh, walked myself upstairs and uh, got into my room um, and then got up the next morning, uh, got fully prepared, right? Put on my best cheap ass suit that I had, um, put on like a dress shirt that was like 10 sizes too large. Uh, and then put on my big wide ass tie that I probably could have just worn as a shirt and uh, marched myself down there for my interview. And uh, so I met with uh, the director front office there and uh, one of the assistant directors. The other assistant director was the guy I'd met the, the night prior. Um, and so if you've ever been in a hotel interview, it's no matter what position you're doing, it's, it's, it's mostly the same questions, right? And those questions are driven to kind of spark a conversation to see how you react to them and, and how quickly you can and, and what type of answers you're giving. And anyway, so, so I get those questions and it turns out that like 
we are, I guess for lack of a better term, really vibing. And so I can really feel that like, this is a place that I should be right. I feel like I belong with these guys. And then they bring in Stefan, the other guy that I'd met the night before. And the conversation just keeps going. And in my mind, I'm like, holy shit, I need to get here. Like I need to work for these guys. So I, I leave the interview and I call home and I say, Hey guys, like, I think I'm going to, I really think I'm going to get this job. And, and so we need to be prepared for, for me to have to pack up and move to Minnesota. Sure enough, I get home, I get the call, I get an offer, I accept. And a month later I move up to take this job. Uh, so I took the job and it was for a swing shift overnight. Now, those of you that don't know what a swing shift overnight is, that means that two or three of my shifts every week, I'm going to work overnight. And then two or three of my shifts every week, I'm going to work what we call like normal hours, right? Like so an AM or a PM shift. And it's not that bad. It's not as bad as it sounds. And as long as your your bosses are pretty good at scheduling you in terms of what you're comfortable with. So me, I, I preferred to, to work a PM if I was going to work overnights as well. And they were great and they scheduled me on that and, and that worked out. So the thing that benefited me the most was when our overnight agent, the one that worked five nights, um, got fired. And so they approached me and said, would you like to, would you like to just run the overnight five nights a week? And I was like, of course, sure. So then I took that opportunity that I had and I got to know those night audit guys, the finance guys that locked themselves in a room and balanced all the numbers. I worked with security. I worked with the operator that was there every night. And it was, it was literally like just us six people in this giant 800 room hotel. Um, kind of holding things down. And so I got to learn a lot and then we talk shop at night when it, there's nobody in the, in the building. And I don't know if you've ever been to Minneapolis, like in December, January, February, like it's, it's miserably cold. So like there's nobody around, it is dead quiet. So you have to find things to kind of pass the time and figure it out. And, and so I took that time to kind of learn. And then anything that hit my plate, I made sure to kind of finish and made sure that my bosses never had anything for me to pass along to them to do the next day. Um, and so they, they really appreciated that they took that, um, and then took me under their wing and kind of taught me and then got to the point after about a year of that, that I was kind of ready to move up and they didn't have an opportunity for me there. So they actually built a front desk manager job and I got that. So I did that for about a year and learned some more under their tutelage about how to lead and manage within a hotel and, and the other things that I hadn't really realized and, and, and known about. And so I got to do that for a year and then about a year after that, um, one of the assistant directors got another opportunity. So he took off and went and did that. And I rolled right into his position. And then like, that was my cue hit the ground running. Like, let's make changes. Let's do, um, let, let's, let's show what I can really do. And, and fortunate for me, I had an amazing team and I was able to do that. And I, um, after about two, two to two and a half years, I got noticed by the flagship hotel for this company in New York city. And so they reached out to me and wanted me to come to New York. And so went through the interview process with that and eventually moved to New York and, and got there. And, and that's a hotel that's a beast of a hotel. And it, it's kind of tough to super make a name for yourself unless you're there long term. And my, my original thought was I'll be there 18 months to two years and use this to springboard to something else. Right. Um, so after 18 months, I actually got an invite to come back to my hometown in North Carolina and open a hotel with a company that I was, I was very interested in working for, uh, at the time. So, uh, you know, when, when your friends and family find out that you've got an opportunity to do something like that, they start to chime in and say, you got to take it. Right. And of course I, I couldn't say no to my hometown either. So I did. And I left the world of big hotels and, and big money and, and went home and worked for a much smaller company and a much smaller hotel. And, 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 um, 
took four months once I got there. We had four months before the doors opened. So I literally built a front office from scratch, right? Like there were no checklists. There was no real guidance from this company. It, it was a company that was like, you do what you want. So, you know, I did that. I got everybody hired. We got everybody in. We got the hotel open four months later and, and it was just really humping and thriving. And so again, I'm learning and I'm, I'm, I'm figuring this out and I'm helping to sell the hotel and I'm, uh, you know, getting this team to where they need to be. And, um, our director of housekeeping ends up leaving. So then my GM comes and asks, uh, <laughs> if, uh, I wanted to run the operations for the entire side of the, uh, the entire hotel side. Um, and that meant that there were not going to be any other salaried managers on that side. It was, it was completely under my control. So I said, yeah, sure. Let's do that. I'll, I'll figure it out. Right. So took that time, kind of learned housekeeping, learned engineering a, a little bit. Um, and did what I needed to do. And then, I don't know, about a year later or so, um, I got an opportunity to move to Washington, D.C. as an assistant general manager with a nice little promotion, bigger city, a um, little bit larger hotel, same company. Uh, so I took that, moved up here. Uh, I'm currently in D.C. So, so I moved here, and I've been here for two years ever since. And, and throughout that time, I've, I've got to meet a bunch of wonderful people. Um, I've had some amazing team members uh, some amazing colleagues that have gone on to do uh, really big things within this industry or really big things even in other industries. Um, and and it's kind of also helped to guide me into the world of travel, uh, completely travel and, and hospitality and, and a personal travel travel level where I've been able to, to learn how hotels sell themselves, why they sell themselves, when they sell themselves, and, and how to kind of beat the system. And so I've actually used that in my personal life to say like, all right, here's the dates that we're going to travel because we're going to be able to get a good rate when we do this, or here's the dates that we need to look for flights, or here's how early we need to look for flights, or here's these websites that you need to use to find the right rates, right? Um, and so I've done that, and I've, I've, I've been very fortunate to have some really amazing travel opportunities. Like when I was in Minneapolis, I was able to take a month off of work and backpack Europe. Um, as a manager, as a salaried manager, I was able to take a month off of work and do that. And uh, it was my first trip ever out of the country. Uh, it was my first my first trip traveling alone, and, and just did that. And um, we'll get into some of those journeys uh, in future episodes. Uh, but I was also able to travel the country with my work, uh, being sent on different task force assignments. So a hotel may be opening, or a hotel may be converting from one company, one management company to another, um, or another hotel just may simply need some help. And I, I was fortunate enough to make enough of a name for myself in both companies that I've worked for that I've been asked to do that. And we'll get into some some of those uh, scenarios in future episodes as well. Um, so after I did that month abroad and, and kind of learned that I, I kind of liked traveling alone because I got to do my own thing and, and space out and and uh, 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 kind of see a much bigger world. And I got to use tips from all these people from all over the world that I'm now friends with that I met through this industry to kind of guide me through or tell me, you got to see this, you got to see that. Hey, this one time I went here and it's amazing and you got to go see it. Nobody ever thinks about it. Um, so I was able to take those and, and do that. And, and I've used that ever since. Um, and as a matter of fact, one year with my company, my personal goal was to take a trip to a new city 
once a month. And it, it could be a city in my home state that I just had never been to to go for a long weekend or whatnot. Um, wasn't quite able to accomplish it, more so because I moved here to D.C. in the midst of that year. Um, so that didn't work out as easily as I wanted it to. But still, it's a goal for me to travel and go see as many things and meet as many people as I can through my industry, um, which uh, my industry, uh, luckily for me, has afforded me that opportunity on, a, on kind of a massive global scale. So why, why are we here? Why am I doing a podcast? Well, I want to do this because I want to teach you guys how I do this because you can do it too. You don't have to be in this industry. You don't have to get those discounted hotel rates because you're an employee to be able to do this. Most times when I travel, I'm uh, especially overseas, I'm not staying in my hotel company's hotels. Um, I also have uh, gotten quite a knack for figuring out how to buy airline tickets at the right times and at the cheapest rates, right? Airline uh, tickets or airline seats and hotel rooms are the exact same thing. They are both a perishable commodity, right? Like if I, if I have 100 rooms in my hotel and I only sell 80 on Monday night, I can't sell 120 on Tuesday night to make up those 20 I didn't sell. And it's the same with airline seats. So they get aggressive and they, they, they drop rates to be able to fill it so it's not wasted space and wasted opportunities. Um, so I'm here to kind of help you guys and tell you guys how to figure that out, as well as how I have managed to pick places that I've gone, tell you guys stories about things that I've done and where I've been, uh, and then tell you guys stories about the industry, uh, like tips and tricks or things that we do within hotels to make it um, uh, like harder to find certain rates or how to get those upgrades or how to get out of a cancel or how to get out of a charge if you'd like to. Um, so it, it really is just a, a broad range of things within hospitality and tourism and uh, travel and then life as a like, like life in general. Um, so those of you in the hotel industry, hey, reach out to me with questions. Uh, I am more than willing to help anybody out there that wants advice of how to get from level A to level B or level B to level C. Um, that's why I'm here, right? I'm here in this industry or as a leader to lead and to guide and to inspire. And that that's what I'm doing this. And that's why I open this podcast. So um, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast. I'm going to try and do about two episodes a week for right now, but I will let you know when one is coming up. But make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get an alert when I do, or you can just continuously listen to everything that I'm throwing out there. If you got some free time as well, I'm on YouTube. The Introverted Wanderer is my name on there. I've got a few episodes already up uh, from earlier this year uh, where, again, I tell you why I'm the Introverted Wanderer. It goes a little bit more in depth. Uh, I tell you, and then I tell you about some cities I've been to, some tips and tricks, and some advice uh, for when traveling on that, as well as how to find some cheap airline tickets. I've been very fortunate in how to find some very cheap airline tickets. Um, I'm actually going back home to North Carolina in 10 days, and I paid $80 for a round trip flight. So uh, I tell you some websites to use. I've got another few in my back pocket that I've learned since then, but definitely go check out my YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to that. Uh, check me out on Instagram, Introverted Wanderer, and that's spelled W N D. R on Instagram, so I-N-T-R-O-V-E-R-T-E-D-W-N-D-R, Introverted Wander on Instagram. Um, go check it out. Uh, it's kind of been on pause for a little bit too because work's been a little crazy. I'm going to get to that in an episode or two as well uh, with some transitions as well as some task force assignments. I'll tell you guys all about that later. So thanks again for listening to me. Uh, again, subscribe, send me comments. Let me know what you guys want to hear. I'm here for you guys uh, and we'll catch you then on the next episode. Deuces. <laughs>